Hey, welcome to another Made Unstream. I'm joined today on the mic by Tim Dwyer. Tim, welcome. Thank you, Paul. Look, good to be here. Mate, it's fantastic to have you here. So for, for those who don't know Tim, you're going to know him very well after this uh, after this session. He's uh, he's previously run for, uh, for government in Australia and... Um, with or without Dominion voting, certain things happen. We'll get, we might get into that a bit later. Who knows? Um, he's also uh, one of those great Aussie battlers who's had the, the courage to try to get into manufacturing, um, to be told that um, by the government that, well, you should really take your manufacturing offshore, which for those who are familiar with the Lima Declaration of 75 won't be very surprising. Um, and and uh, we, share, we share a passion for un revealing what is happening, waking people up to what is happening and uh, uh, right now in the world and seeing them see that, you know, what's happening now has actually happened before and there's a great threat to a lot of, uh, well, there's a great threat to free society. So, Tim, um, I don't know if that introduction really did you any justice because <laughs> everything you've done, mate, is uh, is like way, way more than that. But, um, shall we? Shall we... Get into today straight away. He's going to talk about the Great Reset. We'll start. Let's let's start at least with, with the Great Reset, mate. Um, I can't hear your. Now I can. Cool. Yep. All righty, Paul. Look, thanks so much for inviting me on. And I, there is, like you said, there is so much out there, and the this thing about the Great Reset. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting to see. What what's meant by the Great Reset, all right? We've got to go back and have a look at who's behind the curtain. Mm. What's the idea of this? Why do we need a reset, right? Well, firstly, when all this uh, uh, coronavirus and COVID rubbish started um, and the government all of a sudden here in Australia and around the world found billions and billions and billions of dollars um, to all of a sudden help people who were going to be put out of work and businesses and everything like this. But prior to that, they couldn't find two bob to bless themselves with, let alone help the bushfire people. But anyway, yep. I said to a lot of people right at the very beginning, this has got nothing to do with the virus. The bankers are in trouble. And when you see the interest rates around the world at around 1%, you've got to realise the bankers aren't making as, as much money as they want. And so what they want to do now is crash the entire global economy and start again. And the quicker they can get countries to go into a debt situation that they could never dig themselves out of, they will give them a reprieve by saying, we will wipe that debt if you'll accept this new reset system. Mm. All this has come about by uh, a transhumanist, right? Well, not all of it, but he's a big part of it, uh, Klaus Schwab. Now, Schwab started off the World Economic Forum, and this is held at Davos uh, in Switzerland. And uh, a friend of mine I know has actually spoken at Davos. Um, very interesting. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. So this concept of a reset, it sounds good. Mm -hmm. It sounds wonderful, right? However, when we dig below the, the surface of what this concept of a reset is, that means no cash, all digital money, and when you don't have access to a physical concept of money or yep. trade or commerce, then whoever controls the switch on the digital instrument literally has control over every aspect of your life, whether you eat or die. That's Absolutely. it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, let's have a look at this guy, Klaus uh, Schwab. I've got some notes here, so bear, I'm just going to read this. That's all right. I'm, make, I'm making notes. I'm going to come back to a whole bunch of things you just said <laughs> because Klaus I think a lot Schwab. of people are not awake to why this is history repeating. Oh, look, it's staggering. It really is. Schwab made it very clear that he is a transhumanist, and transhumanism is an integral part of the Great Reset. When he said that 
the fourth industrial revolution would lead to a fusion of our physical, digital and biological identity, which in his book he clarifies is implantable microchips that can read your thoughts. Welcome to the recent. Mm. Not, not, not on my day, I can tell you. But, but, but Tim, it can't happen here. <laughs> Our government would never let that happen. No, no, of or, course not. Let me share something with you. Many years ago, and I'll be very quick on this. Many years ago, I, I met a man in Melbourne, a young, uh, well, an older Jewish man with a younger family, and uh, I met him through his son, and we got talking about why they left Poland. And he said that his uncle came to his father's house one night and said, quickly, quickly, we must leave. The, the Nazis are going to come through tomorrow and enslave us and imprison all of us. And his father said, the world will never let that happen. Yeah. Right? Now, the average German family were no different than the average Australian family. They had no idea what was going on. The average Polish people had no idea what was going on. They're not the ones to blame. It's not a race of people. It's a it's a ideology of people. And on that night, this man and his elder brother decided to go with his uncle. Mm -hmm. And they left Poland that night with what we would call a gunny sack, a Hessian bag full of clothes and a bit yeah. of cheese. He never saw any members of his family ever again. Yeah. Yes, the world will. Yep. Yeah, it will. And you yeah. know, and then you know, people say, "Well, well, that yes, but that was that was Nazi Germany, and that was Poland, and that was across borders, and you don't have that capability." But I'll remind everybody that um, it was about a month or so ago that the federal parliament in Australia, with support from both sides, passed legislation to provide immunity, immunity from civil and war crimes to foreign military on the ground in Australia. I'll repeat that. Foreign military on the ground in Australia have immunity from both civil and war crimes. Why would you need that? Especially right now when the federal government is bouncing this thing around about um, 19 Australian troops in Afghanistan who should be held accountable for alleged war crimes. Mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. And the interesting part about that is the way they spun it was, well, when we have bushfires and if they happen to cut a fence to get through it and the cattle get out or this or that, um, you know, I don't know how <laughs> how some of these people actually sleep at night, but the Australian government um, is a uh, is just a corporation. It's It's got nothing. People think it's a, a government, but it's not. But we might come to that later on. Yep. Um, and so things like what we just spoke about can happen. And unfortunately, it might happen. I pray with everything that's within me that it never does. But anyway, there we go. I, mate, I'm, I'm convinced that at some point in the future, whether that's accelerated now by these guys and by Klaus Schwab and, 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 and World Economic Forum and their less, less wonderful reset, I am convinced at some point there are going to be three, and I've said to a lot of people, three, three sapien species. We have Homo sapien that we used to be the non, we didn't used to be the exclusive sapien species, but now we are the exclusive sapien species for now. But there is Homo sapien, there will be AI sapien, and there will be a Homo AI sapien at some point. Um, my only hope is, and I hope is probably the wrong word because as I tell everybody, hope is a poor man's gambling addiction. Um, <laughs> but to use that word, my only hope is that if when AI does get the upper hand, that they ha that it has more intelligence than the people who have created it and have in, uh, transfused it with with Homo sapiens, because um, where we you know you you talked before about um, you know the the interest rates being low and uh, yeah the bank the banks needed to have a huge crisis in order to be able to bring about this fourth industrial resolution and reset. And if you look at it, people say, "Oh, yeah, but you know, no, no, COVID's caused that." Yeah, well, there were the, there were there were the low interest rates back in beginning of two thousand nineteen. There was a, a thing happened which most people won't understand. I get this, but 
it, when it happens in the world, it always signals a recession of some degree, usually a severe one, and that is in the inverted yield curve. That is when the 10-year bond actually goes under the second, the two-year or the six-month bond, which happened. And the other thing that happened and has been happening for a while, it was and, and, and the only index which really shows it that well is the Wiltshire 5000 from Buffett. And that is when stock prices go this way, the productivity stays this way, and you get this disconnect, that's headed for disasters. And that has also always been a sign of a, of a, of a recession or depression. In fact, dating back as far as the Great Depression, and if people say, yeah, but that just happened. No, 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 that didn't just happen. That happened because the, cent the newly formed decade and a half previous, almost two decades prior to that, the newly formed Federal Reserve Bank started pouring money into the economy. And that money went nowhere except, or primarily nowhere except for stock. Yeah. And then there came a fateful day when they just called their 24-hour loans. So brokers and investors had no choice but to dump their stock, causing the Great Depression. Yep. If, if, if anybody ever thinks that things like of, of these magnitudes happen by coincidence or happenstance or whatever, yeah. uh, they are highly uneducated in world events. Now, it's not their fault. Um, it's just how the system works. And most people do not have the education now, you know, as I spoke to you, I, I'm not a highly educated man. Um, oh, neither. You know, unfortunately, I was one of these young kids at school who had a bad attitude. And <laughs> uh, when, when uh, I had an argument about the, oh, it was probably about the 200th argument I'd had with the headmaster, um, <laughs> he was up. He was thumping me in the chest, and I told him to stop it. And uh, he said, well, what, you're just a blah, 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 and he went thump, thump, thump. So I went bang, bang, bang. And when he regained consciousness, they actually threw me out of school. Like, it was just ridiculous. Who would have thought? <laughs> what could ever go wrong with that idea? But anyway, uh, so I left school quite early. and But what happens is I think there's a huge difference between knowledge and information mm. and here in australia i, I the and I, I went down the education route here very e easily because i wanted to bring this up years ago australia was within the top five educated populace in the world yeah right we were highly educated knowledgeable uh, inventive people today Australia is 39th out of 41 of higher middle-income countries in education. Um, in, the in the latest international report found that Australia was 39 and the only two countries that had a worse educational standard across the board was Romania and Turkey. Now, God help us. Now, here we have a education system that has been dumbing people down beyond belief. And it's the same across all of Western society, the US, the UK. Uh, people are, are being, the curriculum is hopeless. And so when we talk about people not understanding world events, it's not within their grasp to understand those world events because they have not been sufficiently educated to have critical thought. No, no, absolutely, absolutely right. right. And so when people do not have the capacity of critical thought, they do not have the capacity to understand some of the finer things that the larger corporates and elites would put upon them. They just go, oh, okay, that must be right. You know, when I when you mentioned I ran for, for Senate, my whole thing was that watch, sorry, listen to what a politician will tell you. Then watch what they actually do. 
and there is a huge disconnect. And it's not just in Australia. It's it's around the world. It's a it's a whole system of governance by corporations that sound like they are a government, and they're not. And that's something I'd like everyone watching this to actually get is that what you're seeing in your country, excuse me, in your country is not exclusive to your country. Look around the world. Now, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to speak English, German and Dutch. And so I'm part of, you know, uh, forums in those languages as well. And, and um, as I said before, the, the narrative that we're hearing on the day, you know, when, when news comes out, the narrative around the world from government, from whomever, is identical on the same day. And the funny thing is, it's identical across languages as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and but um, back back to what you're saying about information, you're absolutely right. There is a there is a there's this dumbing down. It's almost become a cliche thing to say. That there's this dumbing down of education, but it's so true. I see it in my son's school. I see it. In, you know. Education is one of my passion projects, by the way. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my best not to go off on a tangent on this. But for me, for me, there's a significant, there's a distinction about between information and knowledge. And inf knowledge for me is when you take information, you put it into action in some form, and you get an experience. And that experience creates knowledge. Whether that knowledge is, you know, right, you know, correct or inaccurate or serving you or not, that's that's different discussion. But information on its own is just that. It's just data. Um, yep. it's not education. You know, my, my son, my son, he's in first grade, <clears throat> not first form, first grade. He's seven years old. He had to correct one of his teachers on the history of Australia. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Do you know, actually, interesting point here in Australia, it is illegal to teach the constitution in the schools. Really? I did not know that. There you go. So how do people know what authority and rights they actually have and what the government is doing is either right or wrong if the constitution is illegal to teach in schools because it's not part of the curriculum and you cannot teach what's not part of the curriculum. You know, That's a good point. But if you did, which constitution would you teach? The actual constitution or the one that was amended without referendum? Aha. Uh -huh. So... <laughs> In our constitution, just for the Australians, the, the rest of the world will not appreciate this, but in the Australian constitution, in the annotated part of it, it gives the uh, annotation of the meaning of the words. And in our constitution, it says, uh, whereas the people, and so there's a page and a half on the annotation of what the word the people means. Right. And part of it says... Uh, Part of it says that um, the supreme, absolute, and uncontrollable authority remains with the people. There's right? a there's a rebellious thought, <laughs> and in doing that. It also says that the people are the quasi-crown in our, in our constitution. And it also states uh, back in uh, section 128 that the constitution is a document of trust. And so who we had on trust, you know, like the documents of trust, they're very powerful documents and that's not just a stated trust that's a written trust right it's not a verbal trust it's it's documented um so how does how do the people around the world not just here in australia but how do the people around the world trust what they're seeing and what they're hearing when i look at um again i can only operate out of what i know to have happened here but our um, health officials, when this started, when all this COVID rubbish started, the senior health officer gets up, does a media conference and says that over 200,000 Australians will die from this thing with no respect of age. Right now, think about Sorry. what he just 
Like he just stood there and told the entire nation and Paul, your viewers around the world, they would have had health officials saying the same thing on whatever scale it needed to drive absolute fear and terror into the very hearts of the people. And as soon as I heard him say that, I, I just blurted out, I said, he's a bloody terrorist, right? Yeah. And so I went and looked up the definition of the word terrorist at the time, <laughs> right? And <laughs> the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aim. That is pretty much how I would define the current era and um, environment of what I call COVIDianism. Yeah. Paul, people like you who speak out, people like me who try and speak out, um, we could, by the corporation's definition, be deemed domestic terrorists. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. We're, we're talking against the establishment. But the actual terrorists uh, are the newspapers, the media, the government, the, the bureaucrats, not here in Australia, around the world. They are, it's a wheel of such enormous proportions. And as a young man, I used to work in the railways and we used to have fun. We had an old driver called Whiskey Taylor and he had that name for a reason. He had a very, very strong cup of tea in the morning. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I've been with him. Trust me, it was a scary ride. But anyway, uh, in actual fact, he passed out and I ended up driving a freight train at the. <laughs> just <laughs> don't go there. Um, too many stories. But what we used to do, what we used that, to do. Actually, the limitations on that crime is probably finished. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what we used to do is we would go around the engine right, X-class yep. diesel engine, and we would put six little square blocks of steel against the drive wheels. They're okay. only about that big, and they'd be about that high. And that massive, powerful diesel locomotive could not get over that. It could not move. Right. So for all their power... And for the enormity of the wheel that we've got to push back against, maybe we need some small things to just put against their wheel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it starts out with something small, but then it just grows because, um, as I said, I, I did, a, did a video very early on in this, and I'm like, all I see people doing online is tactics and attacking armies. And if you go back to the strategy of you know, classic strategy, Sun Tzu, Art of War, the ultimate goal is to attack strategy and then disrupt alliances. And then final act is attacking armies if you absolutely have to, but you go to war without battling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the key is if you've, if you've got to go into a physical battle, be prepared to be slaughtered. Yeah, we'll never win that one. Not yet. No, not not, not yet. till the army and the police side with us. And look, you know, I, I, we talked about trust. You think about this around the world. Um, most governments, when they run for, for office, they make all this rubbish assessment. We're going to do this and we'll do that and you'll be happy and blah, 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 blah. Yep. It's BS. It doesn't happen, right? So you can't trust. I mean, we had a sport here in Australia that said... You have to pick when the politician is lying. Well, it was pretty easy. His lips were moving, you know. Like, <laughs> so that was, and I think that's the same around the world to a great degree. It right? is, yeah. Um, I'd never seen a media organisation ever, ever tell the whole truth. Well, you know, they always cut and splice and leave things out to spice the story up or whatever. So you can't trust the politicians. We couldn't trust the media back then. We certainly don't trust banks. Like, good God, right? Yep. Like, that's just how could you ever trust a bank, right? Um, and that's the same around the world. Well, these are simple concepts. Sorry, Paul, but no, no, go on. Even 
walking into a court these days. There is no, if you, anybody going into a courtroom today thinking they're going to experience the concept of justice is delusional. It is a corporation. It's a money machine. Around the world, <clears throat> I'm not branding every policeman with this, but around the world, we see police acting as absolute brutes with no compassion, right? You can't trust them because you can't tell the good one from the bad one because the good one doesn't wear a different uniform than the bad one, yep. right? Um, the CDC, how do we trust the CDC? I mean, they've changed their story more times than Mary Jones changes her underpants, right? The World Health Organization, how do you, how do you, like, when you do a little bit of research, the problem we have that the average person has, that your watcher has, that my friends have, that I have, is the absolute lack of trust. Yep. That's it. Who do we trust? And let's let's bring it, you know, people please. A lot of people will think, yeah, okay, but it's government. You've got to trust them. It's the it's the medical industry. You've got to trust them and all this. But let's bring it down to some, you know, let's bring it down to something else. Like, it's a car manufacturer, and this car manufacturer has a large number of vehicles which blow up because of a faulty fuel tank. Do we suddenly do we do we suddenly say, oh yeah, but they're they're a car manufacturer. We trust them. Oh, but but Paul, that's because they're a car manufacturer and they're the government. Or they're the pharmaceutical industry, or they're an international organisation, and and all the rest of them. I think there's a there's a the people who trust the government say they trust the government. People who, and they trust the financial institutions, and they call people who don't trust the government or the financial institutions or big pharma or whatever. They call them. They label them conspiracy theorists and whatever because that that just allows them to get on with their life without having to confront possible possibilities of what is what may or may not be happening hmm. where who can you who can you really trust and if those people if i mean let's let's take the position for a moment let's say these people who trust the government are, are they're spot on and we're all we're all just way out here and in some la la land trying to figure this shit out and it's just not what we believe it to be okay but what if those people who trust the government and the financial system really just have some form of Stockholm syndrome because the possibility <clears throat> of the government not having their best interests at hearts, the possibility of the of the financial system actually being controlled by a certain number of insiders? I don't want to use the word globalist. I don't want to use the word lead. That just triggers a whole sort of things. But there are a small group of people who control it and who control governments. Because when you see governments across the world doing the exact same thing, saying the exact same thing and not learning from their mistakes. And one of my relatives just said to me two days ago, oh, I just think that various governments have made a number of mistakes along the way. Sorry, this thing's been going a year. Yeah. You can't tell me that the human being does not learn from past mistakes of other people and just seeps repeating them. Doesn't work no. that way does not work like that. Um, the people at that level of sophistication and in those positions have the capacity to learn very, very quickly. In actual fact, they already have learned. They've learned how to secure their positions. Mm -hmm. They've learned how to secure their incomes uh, and bugger you and I, but they've got theirs. And when if I hear another politicians stand up there and say we're all in this together uh they've not lost one cent they've not lost anything they've gained an enormous amount of value in what they're doing for themselves um mm. well look at dan andrews 440 grand a year <laughs> well you know uh, highest uh, paid that, that, just, that just beggars belief but mm. anyway here in south australia we were very fortunate. This last um, insane act we had here in South Australia, they shut the entire state down. People weren't even allowed out of their house for exercise, right? Yeah. Like it's just house arrest, martial law, that's it, right? But the health officials come out and say that this is a different strain, a unique strain, right? <clears throat> and 
It is highly, highly contagious. Most people who are infected show no or mild symptoms. <laughs> they took that straight off the homepage of the Event 201 website. Exactly. Now, <laughs> he, he, this, is, this is insanity. So they shut the entire state down, right, which within three days they had to come up with some cockamamie story about a pizza box somewhere. But... Um, <laughs> Interesting use of the pizza box, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Given a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff that's going on. We maybe get to that later. <laughs> However, everywhere around the world, they are testing people for coronavirus. That's their test, coronavirus. And then it goes off to be retested and retested and worked down and down and down and down. And there's a lot of health officials says that by the time you, after I think it's 22 reruns, you can get that test to tell you it's got anything in it. Uh, it could be, you know, typhoid. It wouldn't matter. But, but um, what they're doing is they're locking people up on coronavirus numbers. Coronavirus is the common cold. It's the mm -hmm. seasonal flu. Oh, and not to look if. I have no look. If people want to have the flu shot, God bless them. Good luck to them. Um, yeah. Do whatever you like. I don't care. Right? It's not my body, right? Um, but this year's flu shot, when you do the search on the insert, the active ingredient is H one N one, and it, <laughs> that's the that's coronavirus, right? Yeah. Uh, that's actually in your oh, flu yeah. shot, yeah. Um, and. Uh, for an adult, it's a uh, 125 micrograms of mercury. That's a lot. That's that's crazy. And you know what? There was actually an official statement from NIH, Anthony Fauci's own organizer. Well, he's a director of the organization, right? Yeah. yeah. They came out, the NIH themselves came out and said that the flu shot increases the risk of getting COVID. No <laughs> shit, Sherlock. In the meantime, we've eradicated the flu, according to the World Health Organization. Check out their website. We've apparently eradicated the flu around the world since about March this year, which is really cool because we've got this other thing. Yeah. Awesome. No more flu shots. You know what? Two things there. Eli, I saw a thing on uh, a tweet from Elon Musk. I don't really follow his stuff very much, but I came across my timeline, and uh, especially because I'm getting off Twitter and going over to Parlour, but... Uh, he, he actually went and had four corona, uh, COVID tests on the same day. Two of them four. came back positive, four of them. Yeah, he went and had them. I, I suspect he did, it, he, he did it purposefully because yeah, yeah. he's he's very much saying he and his family are not going to take a vaccine. He sees no point in it and all the rest of it. He had four corona, uh, COVID tests on the same day. Two came back positive, two came back negative. Hmm, makes you wonder. And then you then you think about the guy now the guy who invented this PCR test he's no longer with us, but he came out very vocally about using PCR tests generally um, for the purpose of identifying viruses and how useless it was back when they were being the tests were being used for the detection of HIV, and we know how that one went right. But it's, it's so it's really interesting they're just pulling stuff out of it. I mean we we. I know we could go down the whole HCQ route, and uh, but maybe not. But trust, yeah. Who who do who do you trust, mate? Who do you trust? Because, well, I think you know we are all um, we're all organic beings. Everybody born on this earth is an organic being. Now, I'm not here to uh, preach a sermon to anybody about anything in that regard. However. We all have uh, inside us a thing that I call a knower. You know in your knower. Now, that could be your spirit, that could be your soul, that could be, but in your knower, right? And I think people have to operate based on their knower, right? On their, on their intuition. And when you get that little twinge in there, when you hear something, see something, and something just twinges, if you're tuned into who you are, uh, that's who you trust. That's who you trust. Um, 
look, for God's sake, don't trust me. Like, I got kicked out of school early. I, <laughs> you know, I I wasn't there that taught much of the education system, you know. Um, thank God for that. And yeah. and it was, and I'll tell you, just an aside from that, it was because I was not highly involved in in uh, formal education that I was able to um, create a system that is the most efficient hydrogen fuel system yeah. in the world, right? And they and, and the professors and everything at the Adelaide University say you can't do that. That can't be done. I said, well, I didn't know. I just did it. You know, like nobody told me I couldn't do it. And so sometimes we know in our knower and that when you take on, you hear things and you've got this working, you know that it's right or it's wrong. It's a conscience. Yep. You know, right? All of mankind knows there's something terribly, terribly wrong. But like I said before, the wheel is that big, it's hard to stand back. Like my wife tells about you can walk up to the trunk of a tree and look at the trunk of a tree. And you may not be able to identify what sort of tree it is because you're just looking at the trunk. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to stand back to see the whole picture and identify the tree by its leaves and its fruit and the way it stands and everything. Ah, oh, now I see what sort of tree it is. The problem is the wheel that we've got in front of us is so big, it's very difficult to find a place far enough back to get a big enough vision of the whole thing to identify exactly what it is. Yeah. And so who do we trust? I think we've got to start trusting people who've got no skin in the game. I've got no financial gain. You've got no financial gain. Um, I've got no political gain. <laughs> Trust me, I am not going back to that game. Um, I, I, I'm not here for political gain. I'm not here for notoriety. I've got kids and grandkids. You've got children. A lot of your people out there will have kids. I find it terribly sad that we would leave this world to people who are who would see us morphed into part man part creature who would think that they have the right to alter the very essence of our dna with microchips and nanobots i think those people in a simple word could be called evil that's my opinion who do we trust Look for the people who have knowledge, not information. Look at the history lessons and see them repeating and walk away from those who would have you repeat those lessons. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And um, in Germany, in, in German, they have a saying which translates to, you know, the guy's got a plank in front of his head, right? And the extension of that is, yeah, uh, just with him, it's not this wide and this high, it's huge. And that's where we're at with a lot of people. They're not seeing the wood for the trees. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, if you, unfortunately, when we say to a lot of people, listen, yeah, look for people who have real knowledge, then they're going to point to academics. They're going to point to people who are heads of, large institutions like the World Economic Forum and all the rest of it. And I think, and you, you used a, a, um, uh, a you made a comment earlier about looking behind the curtain. And I think we, you know, people don't do that enough. They don't question what is the purpose of this? What is really the purpose of trans, transhuman bonding, fusion? What is, what is the purpose of that? And, of course, they get sold this great idea that, well, it's easier to do X, Y, Z. It's sort of the same as the cashless society. Cashless society was brought into Europe a couple of decades ago. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it was sold to people as being you know, easier. You pay with your card. Now, of course, you pay with your phone. Soon you're going to be paying with your chip, which is embedded in your wrist or wherever it is. And we're sold these benefits, or actually we're sold these features. And people don't question, well, but to what end? To what end? 
Yeah. And you look back over history, like you say, you look back and learn from history. And you see this stuff repeating over and over again. It's not just, it's not just, um, you know, Nazi Germany. It's before that. It goes well back, way back before that, right? So I made, I did a video the other day. Uh, I, I, I put this question in the video and a lot of people don't think about this. If you're a person who's going to invest in a company, I don't mean the stock market, I mean invest directly into a company. Whether or not that company has assets to secure in your investment, ideally they have assets to secure your investment. Some of them don't, but whether or not they do, you want to make sure that your money is safe. You don't make stupid bets, you make qualified, educated investments. So what do you do? You, 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 you express a desire, a necessity, a need to have a, a degree of control, influence over the operations of the business, over the direction of the business. And if you don't get that influence or that control that you've asked for, or they go back on it, what do you do? Well, you could take them to court, but we all know that takes forever. Some investors will go and they'll invest in or lend to another company who's a competition, and they'll build that company up. And they'll take your market away. Eventually, you'll be in bankruptcy. They own 30%. So what? They're going to buy your 77% at, at, at pennies on the dollar, and they'll merge it into the other company they built up. They're going to bring the war to your door, basically, in commercial sense. Mm. Yep. So why do people think with governments it's any different? And I think the answer, part of the answer is most people don't understand where money their money, their Australian dollar, their euro, their US dollar, their yen or whatever, where it comes from and yeah. how the government gets it. Yep. Yeah. And, and Paul, I think that's, that is very, very true. And unfortunately, in today's world, we've got a so many people who are reliant totally reliant upon the, the government in one way or another. Here in South Australia, um, the South Australian government's the biggest employer in the state. Yeah. <laughs> so I think who's going to vote against them? <laughs> yeah. you know, like, oh, no, like you said, Stockholm system syndrome. Um, oh, no, we've got to stay with what we've got. This is no... The, the money is that you're getting is actually you're paying far too high a price for it. And um, those who control the money is not your government. No, they don't even own the money. I mean, that, 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 there's, a, there's a, I think it was episode, episode eight of Made Unstream with uh, Associate Professor Simon Smith-Show where we went into the fragility of the financial system and the quantitative easing. That's a yep. two-hour session. Anyone who's got two hours, yep. go and look at it because it's 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 not two hours slow. It's two hours fast hitting. Yeah, and and it is. So, you know, again, here we are where people uh, don't have the educational capacity to work this stuff out. They're too busy looking at the bread and butter to put on the table. Yeah. And uh, who won the football and who's playing cricket and all the rest of that stuff, you know. I mean, the Roman Empire is alive and well, entertain the masses, brother. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's insane. However, I want to come back, if I can, to what you said about the education. People look to academia. Let me, let me explain something about academia. There are highly 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 educated people yep that have no practical use to society whatsoever but they spend their life in academia learning for the sake of learning they get more grants and all, everything else and so when you put these people in a practical situation they're lost yep they have theory but no reality. And when it comes to what you were talking before about quantitative easing and the financial system and the fiat currencies around the world and how the money's backed by belly button fluff, um, this, because that's all it's backed by, yeah. um, there is no substance to our money. And it is the astute financial brains that have put that system together over centuries.
but now it's starting to implode on itself. Mm. And it was going the, the the that's 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 exactly it. And it was going to implode for a long time. The you know the GFC would not have happened if Michael Burry hadn't have seen the trend. That mm. would have that would have taken another ten years for that to happen, yep. at least if at all, because they just would have kept propping it up as they're doing now with, you know, the, in Australia, we call it job seeker and then job, sorry, job keeper. And now, you know, and all that sort of stuff around the world, they've got all sorts of other stuff, but this concept of a universal, universal basic income, which is one of the tenets of, of the great reason from the world economic forum, they're already testing that in Germany with, I think it's 140 people versus 4,000 people. It's a three year project, allegedly. I'm sure it'll go shorter because they're going to, in a year and a half, they'll say how fantastic it was and we need to accelerate this. Finland did something like that in 2017. But let's be honest. All of these government subsidies around the world, wherever you are in the world, Australia, we called it JobKeeper. It is basically a universal basic income under the guise of this Covidianism that's being put upon us. The, not not just industry, which has been started to be wiped out since 75 with the Lima Declaration, but now commerce is being wiped out. People's job, people's businesses and therefore other people's jobs are going and they're making you reliant upon the toxic tit of government. And a universal basic income is basically job seeker, a job keeper yeah. or whatever it is you get in your country. They're making you dependent upon the government. And so the next step is this. And I, I did, again, I did a video on this a while back the Chinese have a thing called a social credit system, right? Again, no tinfoil hat here. You can go and Google it, people. You'll find it. It's there. Basically, in a nutshell, it is your behavior in society, publicly and privately, and online and offline, tracking you through the streets and the shopping centers. Your behavior determines the benefits you get in society. You get a credit account goes up or down, and they can determine whether you're allowed to leave the country, leave the region, book a train ticket, get whatever. The next step after a universal basic income, removal of a cash society, cash not being money, cash simply being a physical representation of money and money not being currency, currency simply being a a system for exchange and fiat currency simply being a, a declared system for a medium of exchange. But the next step after universal basic income and the removal of cash from society, I guarantee you, and it'll probably come with 2030 when they have the full great reset there, is a social fiat currency. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. And the, the question everybody around the world has to ask themselves is this. Are you prepared to give up so much to get so little because the little that you will be allowed to have will be little, not just in money, but in freedoms, in choice, in mindset, in every aspect of your life. It will be so little. Right now, we have our rights, if you want to hold on to them, if you want to just freely give them away, well, you've got none. But right now, we are literally free to hold on to everything that we have. I don't know whether you want to give up your house and your land and your car. I don't know whether you want to give up the rights to your children because you won't have rights to them either because that will be part of what you have to give up. Are you prepared to give up so much and end up with so little to feed the sickness in the minds and the hearts of such a small number of people around the world. Yeah. I guess a lot of people are, unfortunately, and I hope that a lot of people are going to, well, again, I don't like using that word hope, but I, that, that the people will wake up from this because, you know, they'll say, they'll hear you say, oh, give up your home and your car and your children. I mean, that's that's the one that's going to take them over the ledge. Like, oh, this is just bull. You know, there's no way that could happen, right? Um Yes, it can. Yeah, it can. It can. In Western Australia, they passed the law four or five years ago that the police can come in to your house, 
take your child, strip the child naked and inject it with whatever they like. That's yeah. law Western Australia. Yep. I've seen that too. It's a, it was a, it was an alteration to the, um, the Public Health Act. Yeah. Uh, amendment to the Public Health Act. And I, and I encourage people around the world, US, Europe, any all the countries in Europe, go and investigate your own legislation. You're going to find this stuff there. I guarantee you. And I'd love to hear back from people who have done that in places like Germany, France, Italy, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Spain, wherever you are. Go and find it in your legislation. Go and look up your public health orders or your public health acts. Go and look up your immigration acts. Go and look up your defense acts. Find out what they're allowed to do. Because I guarantee you, you probably don't know even half of it, hmm. if that. You know? So um you you that that idea you were talking before about the the Noah inside you. I love that because really, you know, the the, the biblical Noah was uh, really a conspiracy theorist until the rain came, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny about that. <laughs> and actually, one other thing you said before is there's a lot of people probably listening to this as well think, oh, yeah, but all this stuff that's happening is just a coincidence. Yeah, 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 that and then this and you're just you're creating you're creating connections where there are no connections. Well, I'll tell you this. If you want to say it's a coincidence, what is it you really mean by a coincidence? Do you mean that it's a chance happening? A random thing, two random things in the same space at the same time. Is that what you mean by coincidence? Or do you really mean the word coincidence? Because, you know, I'll draw it on the board behind me. I'll draw it so you can see it because it's very hard to see there. But where that circle is, is where those two lines coincide. That. Is where two lines coincide coincidence is simply evidence of a connection so anyone who wants to go and throw that word coincidence around um be my guest you're proving my point <laughs> you know just for the just for the conspiracy theorists out there and all the i just want to upset a few people if i might please do uh, yeah <laughs> not if we haven't already but anyway i'll give it one more try if i can <laughs> Mate, if, if we don't piss at least 10 people off by the end of one of these, I don't know if we're doing our job. <laughs> Many years ago when I was a young boy, um, my uncle, who was dying of cancer from smoking um, too many cigarettes, and um, he was invited. Uh, his mother's name was, her maiden name was Kennedy, and he was invited to the inauguration of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Oh, wow. And he, and he couldn't go because he was dying in hospital. <clears throat> and none of the brothers, my father included, would go in his place. And Mick died the day after John Fitzgerald Kennedy was made president. Anyway, so there is a there was this family connection. Through the presidency, um, my auntie, who was actually a, a Catholic nun, she kept contact with that side of the family. We were sent, the family was sent a full set of new United States currency that John Fitzgerald Kennedy had minted to take the US out of the Federal Reserve and have ownership of their own money. Well, that was with the that was when he was going to introduce Silver Standard, wasn't it? Silver Standard. That's yeah. correct. Right. And um, it wasn't long after that that um, he took that fateful ride through Texas. But, you know, when people say that, oh, you know, he was killed for this, he was killed for that, um, i got a funny feeling it might have been the banks. Yeah. That funny feeling might have been the banks. And um, We're not talking the local branch, by the way. Oh, no, no. We're, we're up near the top of the seeing eye, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're up near the top of that pyramid. But, um, yeah, so... Um, Anyway, so what I'm saying is that mainstream media had it set up so as it was just a lone gunman, except he had three bullets in him um, <laughs> from different angles. Anyway, um, but they had him in the crossfire. They took him out, and that way they protected their financial interest. That's my conspiracy theorist. I hope it really gets up your nose and um, 
prove me wrong. Yeah. Can I can I add one to that just to piss a few more people off? <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> same same track. Um, before I was I was living in Europe for a long time, and before I left, there was a gentleman by the name of Pim Fortone. Now he was a uh, publisher of a of a business, or well, actually a number of business um, publications. Very successful entrepreneur, uh, and he was running for prime minister of the Netherlands. He had he had put together what is what we're told is a right wing government. You know, we can get to that in a second. But we put, he put together a, a group of other business people to be his his government together, and they were campaigning, and they were going to win in a landslide. He was also gay, neither here nor there. It's just probably you know part and parcel of the fact that it was you know what it, what it was in the Netherlands. Nonetheless, this guy was going to win in a landslide. He had already been in conversation with uh, Silvio Berlusconi of Italy to take the Netherlands and the and Italy out of the euro. Right, they were going to get out of the euro. It and I was there when we went across to the euro from the Gilder and from the Deutsche Mark and all the rest of it. It was a disaster. People said, "Oh, you know, um, you know, nothing happened." No, no, literally, some things did double in price because one euro was two Gilders twenty five, two Gilders yeah, two Gilders twenty or something, and one euro was two Deutsche Mark. And quite often the price the, the price didn't change, just the symbol before did. In any case, Town was giving an interview in the uh, media park in Hilversum. And the gates of this media park are normally always open. So a lone gunman comes into the media park and the big gates are closed and shoots the shoots Pim in the head on his way out, on his on the way to his car. Guy escapes through the normal foot uh, pedestrian gate. But the car, the, the vehicle gate was locked and the computers conveniently went down so they couldn't be open. So the paramedics and then the other gate somehow couldn't be opened either and the paramedics couldn't get into him to save him. He died. The guy was caught um, after running Olympian speed marathon, cross country and streets. And he was caught because he um, quite conveniently ran into this gas station where a whole bunch of cops with canine units were convened, maybe just getting a donut and a coffee at the time, <laughs> and uh, and took him into, into custody and arrested him. And then when they found, when they went and inspected his apartment, of course, there was all this stuff about uh, Pim and hating gays and, and you know, left wing and whatever stuff there. So um, they, got, um, they got their man. Yeah, they always do. Right, they always do. Um, but so again, we come back to trust. Mm. Right? I'm, I'm just an ordinary guy. Um, you're just a, an ordinary guy. 90% of the people we're talking to here, I would assume, are just normal people trying to find answers. The answers are in here, right? <clears throat> Remember the thing that if a politician's lips are moving, they're lying to you. The media has never told the whole truth. The courts are privately owned corporations. If you go in there looking for justice, you're delusional. Um, and the I think the majority of medicos have forgotten the Hippocratic Oath. Um, and always remember this, that um, the pharmaceutical companies who are there for your health, we want to protect you, and we now they now have this new program of vaccines coming out to save you and your loved ones from this most horrendous, horrific virus called COVID-19 that has a 99.98 survival rate of those who catch it, right? But you yep. must take a vaccine that will have a 99.2 success rate. I think I'm not sure how many are going to die, but it's it is a financial game, and you are the pawns in the game. Whether you choose to play the game, that's up to you. That's entirely yep. up to you. But it comes down to trust. Absolutely, and the money flows in one direction oh, because yeah. if you have a problem by taking the vaccine or die, then you don't have a problem anymore, but your family might have. There is no recourse. You do not get to sue anybody. You do not get to hold anybody accountable. 
I think um, every government around the world, almost, not all, but almost, have passed legislation for financial immunity to pharmaceutical companies for damages caused. Yeah. I'd like a business like that. I'd love to be able to make a product, put it out there in the market, cause an enormous amount of damage and nobody could sue me. That's not right. No, no. I'm, well, thinking of, I'm thinking of trying to do the same thing myself. I just need to come up with an industry which I can I can lobby the government well enough globally to get that sort of immunity from them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guarantee you it won't be anything to do with keeping people healthy. No, that's the truth. We've seen that enough. But um, that's probably a good point to end on. There are so many more things you and I could go into, Tim, and I really appreciate your perspective. And, in fact, if, uh, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back on the mic sometime so we could go deeper into some of the stuff we've done today plus the number of things we haven't covered off on. <laughs> Which we could. I'd love to be able to do that. You want to upset more people? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm originally a Queenslander, right? So we, you know, we hate everybody, and we're not happy unless we piss some at least one person off every day. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> awesome. Well, mate, thank you so much for being on, mate. Really appreciate it. Look forward to having you back. And um, everybody, uh, thanks for being here. If you uh, like what we're doing, uh, please uh, consider hitting the subscribe button wherever you're seeing this. Probably on Rumble because YouTube doesn't like us anymore and we're getting the hell off anyway before they censor another one of ours. And <laughs> that, this will probably be one of those they censor. So uh, Rumble or uh, uh, BitChute or brand YouTube, wherever you're seeing us and possibly on YouTube. So uh, thanks very much, everyone. Tim, have a great day, mate. Thank you for being uh, here. Thank See you, everybody. You.